Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, what's going on? This is Jeff Harbin, Senior Editor at BehindTheSteelCurtain.com with you for another episode of Let's Ride Your Monday, Wednesday, Friday podcast. i got to be honest, folks. My ride or die crew that's out there that listens to every single episode no matter what, uh, I'm in a mood. I'm in a mood. I was driving home from work, and you know how my black and gold brain works. I'm thinking about all this stuff that's going on. And it's always about the same point of my drive home that all of a sudden my phone buzzes. I look down. At, I don't look down. I'm looking over. It said my phone is in a little case based whatever you want to call it and it's Dave Schofield putting out the breaking news that the injury report is out and so I'm like okay this always ticks me off in some way shape or form and so put me in a mood I'm in a mood so get yourselves ready buckle up baby my gosh we're going to talk about what the Steelers need to do to win on Sunday when the Baltimore Ravens come to Heinz Field in week 13 some people might think that's kind of uh fruitless but still we're going to do it that's what we do it's it's tough it's tough these are tough times but we are going to do it but we're going to start off with some random thoughts as we do it's probably the last four or five weeks I've enjoyed this I've enjoyed the randomness of it the sporadic nature of these thoughts and as the offseason comes closer uh, these will get even more random just so you know a little FYI uh, before we do that, though, I want to make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is your one-stop shop for all things Pittsburgh Steelers, wherever, you know, whatever you use, your phone. I wish there was an app. I do wish there was a flipping app for this website, but there's not. There isn't. The closest thing is an Apple News app where you can find all the articles right there in one location. Otherwise, you're forced using, like, a Chrome app or your Safari. But still, even if you're on, if you're on your phone, the desktop's the best way. And go with uh, BehindTheSteelCurtain.com for your one-stop shop for all things Steelers. And wherever you get your podcast, no matter what platform, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain, subscribe, follow, whatever you have to do so that you don't miss a thing. And that's not just my Let's Ride podcast. That's all of our podcasts, the morning lineup of the live mic and the Stat Geek, uh, the noon lineup, which is the Matty Peverell's War Room, the Jeffrey Benedict's Cutting Room Floor, the Fantasy Football Fix with Jeremy Betts, what Ian's talking about with uh, Kyle Kreiss and, and Greg Benevent, uh, the Power Half Hour over the weekend. I think that's on Saturdays. And then all of our PM shows, uh, which are also syndicated live uh, on YouTube and Facebook. All right. Random thoughts. So I was thinking about the game, and I thought about something that someone said. I want to say it was Charlie Batch, and he brought up a really good point. So the, on Sunday in Week 12 in Paul Brown Stadium, the Steelers won the coin toss, and they elected to defer their possession to the second half. This is usually a decision that I love. I I can't stand it when they lose the coin toss and the offense gets thrust out there early. And so I was sitting there, I'm like, okay, this is a good thing. This is a good thing. Well, what happened? The Bengals took the football, went right down the field and scored a touchdown. And now all of a sudden, the offense is taking the field and they're thinking, wow, that was pretty easy. We're already at a touchdown deficit. And so Charlie Batchett said, maybe you change your philosophy. Maybe you should think, okay, 
if it's week 13 and, and we win the coin toss, or since Baltimore's the visiting team, they lose the coin toss. So should they, the Steelers say we'll take the ball rather than have the defense, which let's be honest, if TJ Watt's not going to play, which we don't know if he's playing or not, I would put my money on not. But uh, if TJ Watt's not out there, do we really want to put the uh, the defense out there right away? Have Lamar Jackson do his thing? I don't know. That's the question. That was my first thought was if you are the Steelers, and this is something I'll ask Michael Beck uh, in the second half of this show when we do have the blue check back segment, he'll be on. I'm going to ask him about this. Would you take the ball or would you kick it away if you win the toss or if you have the option considering they have the the visiting team is the one that chooses the heads or tails? I got to think that I'm leaning more towards putting the offense on the field. And it's not based on the fact that the Steelers' defense isn't good. They're not good right now. It's not also not saying that the Steelers' offense is good. They're not good right now either. But my gosh, at least give yourselves a chance to have a lead. At least once have a lead. I mean, the, the Steelers were staring up at the Bengals the entire game on Sunday. So that's something to think about. Wherever you're listening, whether it's in your car, if you're on a treadmill or walking somewhere and you're listening to me in your earbuds, if the Steelers have the option, what do you do? Take the ball? Put the defense on the field? Defer? It's a tough question. I'm going to take the ball. Okay, now here's another random thought. I always do five of these. It's my second one. There are some moves that the Steelers made that I feel like need evaluation. They need evaluating. So there's three moves in particular. First was the signing of Cam Sutton. After the season, that was one of the first deals the Steelers made. They signed Cam Sutton to a two-year extension, uh, two-year contract, I should say. And I felt that that was a good move, and I still think that. I still think that was a good decision. Some would say they'd rather have Mike Hilton, and I understand that line of thinking. I don't think the Steelers thought they could afford Mike Hilton. And so they went out and they got Cam Sutton. I think Cam Sutton is still a very valuable member of the defense. Is he a true outside cornerback? I don't think so. Uh, the Steelers were somehow, some way, able to manage a uh, off season where they are able to draft a really good cornerback and maybe pick up a free agent that can play opposite. Um, I think Cam Sutton would still be a really good, versatile piece for this defense, and it would make them even better. So I think that was a good move. I think that was a really good move. And having Cam Sutton on the defense, and let's be honest, it's not looking like Joe Hayden's going to come back. And the more that these injuries linger, you know, he's missed a ton of games this season, and he hasn't even practiced yet this week. Yeah, the, the Thursday injury report came out, and he hasn't practiced yet. His foot is still an issue. The Steelers might say, look, Joe, like, you're on the wrong side of 30, brother. I, I don't think we're going to bring you back. And so they're going to need a cornerback. I don't, again, I like this Sutton signing. I still do. I liked it then. I like it now. The next one is the trade for Akella Witherspoon. Good Lord, do I hate this trade. Yeah, they didn't give up much. I think it was a sixth or seventh round pick, and it was next year. It wasn't even this draft. But my goodness, to make a trade. So you contact the Seattle Seahawks. Okay, now we have to look at the landscape of this, not just the move itself. So Akella Witherspoon was with the 49ers. And the 49ers said, okay, he's a little too inconsistent. We're going to let him go. Seattle gets him, and then Seattle, he hasn't even played in a game yet, and they're willing to ship him away for a late-round pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. Okay, so think about the optics there. And the Steelers say, hey, we'll take him. And the only play that's memorable of him is him chasing after, I believe it was Henry Ruggs III, running into the end zone in Week 2 against the Raiders. 
So now you're, I hated that trade. I didn't like it at the time. I didn't like that. I'd never even heard of this guy. And everything that I talk, I talked to the people that run the Niners Nation website for the San Francisco 49ers. I talked about, talked to the people that run Field Goals, which is the Seahawks website. They all said the same thing. This guy is so inconsistent, it's disgusting. He has the size, the skill set that you would want in a starting outside cornerback, and yet he just cannot put it together. So the Steelers took a shot, and boy, does it look like it's just a bad move. And then the last decision that they made that I wanted to talk about, it's not the only decision, but the last one, was the contract given to Zach Banner. Now, Zach Banner signed a two-year deal, and it was not what he wanted because, obviously, he tore his ACL in week one last year. Remember, that was the early Monday night game in New York against the Giants. MetLife Stadium is in the third or fourth quarter. So Zach Banner, he gets signed. to a, He signs a two-year deal, and he has yet to even play a game. And so everyone, myself included, thought this was the week. Going into week 13, this is the week that we're going to get to see Zach Banner get on the football field. We're going to get to see Zach Banner prove his worth, prove that contract is right. That's what we're going to get to see. And he's sick. Now, it's not his fault that he's sick. He doesn't have, not the COVID, he is not COVID positive, but he has an illness. And he's missed both Wednesday and Thursday. My gosh, what does this guy have to do? I mean, the Steelers might have come into this week and said, all right, this is the week. This is the week we talk to Chooks. We say, Chooks, we're going to move you to left, or we're going to, Chooks, we're going to bump you to swing, and we're just going to keep Dan Moore on the left, and we're going to put Zach Banner on the right, and we're going to see what we have. Can't do it now. Why? Zach Banner's not available. He is not available. And I guarantee you now, if that was the thought process, they're not putting him in now. Not if he can only practice on Friday. They're not doing that. Not in this game. Not in this environment. No way. No how. And so Zach Banner is going to sit again. And he might come out as a tackle eligible. And that's it. And so it really has me questioning this signing. Everyone thought, and my, again, I fall into this category as well. I'm not saying that others were smarter or, or dumber than me. I'm as dumb as they come. But what I'm saying is that Zach Banner, everyone thought this is a good move, good move, good move, good move. What has he done for us to say it was a good move? Because he was, he's funny? He is funny. Because he loves the city of Pittsburgh? He does love the city of Pittsburgh. On the field, what has he done? What has he done? The answer is nothing. He has proven he's a a tackle-eligible guy that came in, and it was funny to see him joke with uh, Duck Hodges and rub his jersey that he's an eligible receiver, all that stuff. We haven't seen him do anything other than that. He's a big, lovable guy. I get it, but I am questioning this contract as of now. If they don't get anything out of him this year, what a waste. What a waste. Now, some might say that Zach Banner's loss was uh, Dan Moore's gain, and I could see that line of thinking, but that has nothing to do with the contract to Banner and that move. Keep that in mind. All right, the next random thought. I, I got to say this. I, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to scream it from the mountaintops. I really am. Scream it from the mountaintops saying, coaches and players, like, holy cow, people, can we please understand something? So the Steelers lose 41-10. to 10. And there's people out there saying the coaches are the reason. I'm not saying the coaches aren't at fault. They were on my losers list, and I gave them. I talked about how I felt the Steelers were unprepared. That is on the coaches. But for anyone 
to suggest that this loss or any loss is only on the coaches, you are bat, you know what, crazy. And you clearly have never coached a sport before. I've said it before, you don't have to be able to coach a college or a professional sport to understand the magnitude of a team, team dynamics, coaching decisions, and things like that. 41 points given up is not all on Keith Butler. He had like a JV squad out there outside of TJ Watt and Cam Hayward and Minka Fitzpatrick. I mean, my goodness. It, it, and you go back to the week prior when in LA. I understand it, it, the, the optics are horrible. But how can anyone sit there and say Tomlin's to blame? He's the one that should go. Get out of here. Like literally just shut up. They're both to blame. No blame should be held on one more than the other. I will continue to say this until I'm blue in the face. And the way that some Steeler fans talk, I'm going to have to continue to say it for the rest of my flipping life as long as I'm doing podcasts. All right, moving on. I don't want to talk about that anymore. So this week, Ben Roethlisberger was in front of the media, as he always is on Wednesday, and he talked about the Steelers' locker room climate. And I want to read a quote from him, and this has made its way around. It's been all over the place. Here's what he said. Uh, And this is when he's talking about the longstanding tradition of the Steelers and certain things in the locker room, etc. He said, quote, It was always Mr. Rooney, Mr. Dan. It was always that way. I don't know why. It just always was. And I think as guys started to leave the locker room that had that tradition, that history, I tried to keep it going. Brett Kiesel kept it going for a while. We had Pouncey and guys like that that kept it going. People would play music. New guys would come in and play music, and I would shut it down. I was the grumpy old man that didn't want music. And I had a conversation with guys like Cam Hayward and Vince Williams and told them the reason that they that we don't do it because if Mr. Rooney came in the locker room, you wanted to listen to him. You wanted to hear the things he had to say, whether it was about the Steelers, about life, just about whatever. He was like a grandfather to all of us and so much love for him. And obviously, as new guys came in and Mr. Rooney wasn't around, they don't understand that quite as much. So we tried to pass it on. Even after he passed, I tried to tell guys, like, I still wait for him to walk through that door and come to talk to you. You just wanted to listen to him because he was so soft-spoken but so wise. And so that was always my thing of why I don't want the music because you never had it when he was around. So I just wanted to carry that on. The last couple of years, I just kind of relented. I'll stop being the grumpy guy. If they want to listen to music, they can listen to music. And so I read that, and I was like, wow, like, that's – that's really sad on a lot of levels. That's sad about Mr. Rooney. That's sad about the locker room in, in and of itself. I'll tell you what else it was, though, for me. And the more I thought about this, what a damning statement that is to Dan Rooney's son, Art Rooney II. I mean, think about what he said. When Mr. Rooney walks in that door, you don't want that music on because if he wants to talk to you, you, want, you better listen. So there's another Mr. Rooney that's running things. Why isn't he coming through the door, and why aren't people wanting to turn the music off for him? Like, what's going on here? It, it does, maybe this is a Roethlisberger thing that maybe uh, Art Rooney II doesn't care for Ben as much as Dan did. We know Dan pulled a lot of strings to get Ben to be drafted when Cower was there. Cower reportedly did not want Roethlisberger. He wanted Phillip Rivers. That's neither here nor there. But still, think about what Ben said. All we talked about was Dan Rooney, and he said, if Mr. Rooney came in, you wanted to be the music off so you could hear him. Well, there's another Mr. Rooney. I'm not sure. This doesn't make sense to me. This doesn't add up. This does not add up to me. Not at all. That's a, To me, that's a shot at the ownership right now. I mean, ben might be on his way out, and he might say, screw it, I don't care. But that's the way I took it. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's the way I took it. 
Last thing, Stefan Tuit. Everyone wants to talk about Stefan Tuit. Everyone wants to talk about Stefan Tuit. Holy cow, Stefan Tuit. Look, I, we as fans, okay, this isn't the Green Bay Packers where fans are some part owners of the team. Everyone feels like they're entitled to know stuff. Oh, like we should know what's wrong with Stefan Tuit. Why? Why should we know what's wrong with Stefan Tuit? I don't need to know what's wrong with Stefan Tuit. He's on injured reserve. That's all I need to know. So, yeah, would it be interesting to know if it's mental health, if it's physical, like his knee injury that he has, supposedly? Yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, it, I'm not privy to that information. Like, that's very personal information for him. Some fans feel like we should know because we're fans of the Steelers. Like, no, that doesn't make any sense at all. That doesn't make any sense at all. So just because you're a fan of, I don't know, some female athlete, does that mean that you are privy to her personal information? No. You're not. So come on, people. Like, let's relax here a little bit. Like, I get that you love this team. I get that you want Stefan to it back. But in the grand scheme of things, understand that it is just a game, that he does have a personal life, and he is okay. It is okay for him and the Steelers to still talk about privacy in the good way. Let's keep that in mind. All right. Now, I didn't want to spend too much time on this. The keys to offense and defense. I really feel like I'm just hitting my head against the wall with this th- these topics. And maybe we need to change the the title of the Friday podcast, which is still what the Steelers need to do to beat the Ravens or whoever, whatever team that week. I always do what I do. I go back and I look at last week, which is, this is pointless, but we're going to do it anyways. Keys of the week last week on offense was uh, don't overthink yourself. They didn't even have a chance. They didn't do that. I mean, that was awful. Red zone success. I... <laughs> Dave Schofield said this on the Stat Geek. They only were in the red zone once, and that was in the last three minutes, and they scored a touchdown to Farmute. That was crap. Blah, no, didn't do that. Protect the ball. That's a laugher. They didn't do that. Uh, defense, stop mixing. Nope. <laughs> Creativity, blitz. Nope. Uh, and the red zone success, and no. So that was a big no. Blah, blah, blah. Whatever you want to do, awful. Let's talk about this week. Keys to offense. Protect the ball. I could say this until I'm blue in the face, like I mentioned earlier. Protect the flipping football. Don't fumble it. Don't throw it away. Protect the ball. When you protect it, the Steelers have a chance. If they don't, they're not going to win. I hate to say this, but if you're someone that is like, okay, when are the Steelers just going to sling the rock? It's this week. I didn't realize this, but in Dave Schofield's Stat Geek podcast, he said, I didn't know. I did not know this. The Ravens are 32nd in pass defense. 32nd, dead last in the league. Maybe this is the week you just sling the rock. Let Ben throw it 50-plus times. Who the hell cares? Let's do it. And lastly, convert. Convert on third downs. Get in the red zone and convert there as well. Score touchdowns. You'll be good. Defensively, can we please at least try to stop the run? Like This is becoming a laugher at this point. Like I don't care if it's Henry Mondo, Isaiah Bugs, uh, Chris Wormley, the new guy Adams, whatever his first name is. I don't care who it is. Can we at least try to stop the run, please? Thank you. Next, maybe is Minka Magic getting fired up? Minka had that interception. We don't really think about it too much because the next play, well, Ben threw a pick six to Mike Hilton. But is Minka Magic getting fired up? That's interesting. We'll see. And then lastly, can we tee off on Lamar Jackson, please? You want to have a quarterback that wants to run? Good. Run. But I'll tell you what. If you don't slide, I want to see the Steelers going for him. Go for him and prove that he – make him not want to run the football. That's what I say. Make him pay. All right. Coming up after this break, Blue Check Beck's going to be on. We're going to talk about all things Steelers and NFL game picks, so make sure you stay tuned for that. But also, don't miss my heart-to-heart. Have a really good heart-to-heart at the very end of this podcast, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break.
All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to the second segment of Let's Ride. You know me, Jeff Hartman, and you also know that every Friday is when we have Blue Check back on. Michael Beck, the deputy editor behind the SteelCurtain.com. Michael, what's going on? Oh, not too much, Jeff. Just uh, sitting back, enjoying another beautiful Friday up here in uh, the Pacific Northwest. But uh, how are you doing, Jeff? Um, in terms of the Steeler land, I could be better. I mean, oh, yeah. and yeah. personal, personally, I'm great. I mean, I can't complain about anything. But I mean, from a Steeler perspective, oh, my gosh. Now... <laughs> I listened to your live mic, Michael, and and you had me like ready to just jump off of a bridge. Like if there was a Steeler bridge, like and then Jeffrey Benedict goes on his cutting room floor and he makes it sound like the Steelers aren't going to be good again for another decade. And I'm like, geez, now I'm really thrusting myself off the ledge. But seriously, Michael, give me something positive. I don't care what it is, like anything. One positive about this team. It doesn't have to be this season. It could be a player. It could be a position group. It could be whatever. Give me something uh, you know, uh, give me something positive. That's all I want to know. Well, what's positive is the Steelers aren't the Houston Texans. Um, they have good players still. They're going to have a whack of cap space in the offseason. And it looks like they're heading towards having a pretty decent draft pick for themselves without having to trade up. So there are some positives moving forward, to say the least. But as we sit here right now, there's not a whole lot to be a crazy positive about, especially with all the injuries, all the COVID issues, just everything going on. Seems like everything's just piling on this team at the wrong time. But moving forward, there are things to look forward to. Good Lord. Even when I ask you for a positive, you have to bring up negatives. Like, what in the world is wrong <laughs> with you, man? Like, seriously, come on. Now, yeah, there are some positives. I mean, there are still some players that fans could be like, hey, like, not watching Najee Harris and Pat Fryermuth develop and seeing these players that are, I think are going to be very promising. So there is still some positives out there here. Let's get, I want to ask you a question. So I was listening to Charlie batch. This was after the game. It might've been Monday. I'm not sure when it was. Um, and he brought up a really good point. I was like, you know what? This is something that's really interesting. So I'm always been enamored with the coin toss. I don't know why. Maybe it's since the 98 Thanksgiving debacle with Phil Luckett and Jerome Bettis. I'm not sure. <laughs> But it's not just the coin toss. It's what do you do if you win or you have the choice? Because we know, like, for instance, Sunday, the Baltimore Ravens will be the ones that get to call heads or tails in the air, and then the Steelers will decide what they do you know, based on whether they win or lose. Let's say the Steelers have the choice, Michael. Yeah. Uh, you know, they call heads, but tails never fails, and it's tails. And so the Steelers have a choice. Do you want to defer to the second half, or do you want to put your offense on the field and say, we can't have what happened last week and this thing get away from us. We're going to try to go and score some points. What do you do? Oh, you're exactly right here. The Steelers have uh, quickly given up momentum uh, early on in these games. So if it's me, I'm doing anything possible to put the offense on the field. And at least that way, since you're not already in a hole, you can try to establish your running game. Uh, if the Steelers can get Najee Harris the ball a couple of times, the Steelers can get some points on that opening drive. It doesn't matter what Baltimore does on their opening drive now all of a sudden the Steelers can stack consecutive drives with trying to run the football uh in that Bengals game it just got downhill so fast Steelers didn't have a hope and what Najee Harris was held to eight carries because of it that's just not okay for the Pittsburgh Steelers they can't continue to do that and think they're going to win games Najee's got to be the focal point of this offense we've seen it during the winning streak but they've kind of got it away from it a little bit in this uh this losing slash tie streak that they're currently uh, in right now well, you know, all those people out there that say Najee's touching the ball too much. It's going to be like Le'Veon Bell. I mean, hey, I, I say to those people that that's just what the doctor ordered. He had like 11 touches last week, and he was basically sat out the entire second half. So you wanted him to rest. He got some rest. But nonetheless, I agree with you. 
I think the Steelers have to take the football. I think they have to take the football uh, for all those reasons that you mentioned. I want to talk about your boy for a sec. Chase Claypool, that's your boy. Oh. <laughs> he is your boy. So yeah. I talked about this on Wednesday. Did you listen to Let's Ride on Wednesday? You probably don't. I, 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 I missed Wednesday. Of course sorry. you did. Of course you did. You always do. He's a hater. Anyways, so <laughs> Chase Claypool. I'm in a mood, Michael, just so you know. All right, so um, Chase Claypool, you heard the comments. You had to hear the comments. What was your takeaway from your boy? Oh, it was stupid. And, like, actually knowing Chase, too, uh, when people were like, oh, I hope he was kidding. Uh, yeah, th- no, he wasn't. There's no way he was kidding. That was the honest-to-God truth. Um, is, is that like him? Is he that naive and that kind of clueless that he would he honestly thinks that playing music is going to make a difference? I, I don't know if I would say he's clueless, but I, I think he's just the kind of guy that might think a little selfishly sometimes and think that, like, that would make it like make him better not necessarily the whole situation like it was just a dumb thing you shouldn't brought up and like hate to throw the guy under the bus because like obviously he's done uh, he's done a a little bit for me so like i still appreciate him but like at the end of the day it was just such a dumb thing to say like oh what are you doing well i said this on wednesday and i still stand by it and that is that for me like i don't i feel bad for him because he was answering it honestly you could tell when you watch which, by the way, which, by the way, Steelers organization, I go to my app. I want to watch this interview. They have Minka's who was up right after Minka Chase Claypool. They don't have it available. They don't even have it on the freaking app. You know why? Because they don't want people to watch it and all this stuff. Gosh, darn it. I hate that. I hate it anyways. Um, so he was just answering it. Honestly, he was just answering the question and he was just for some reason, he, like you said, he thought that would, that would help. And I guess he never thought it for a million years that, wow, this is going to come off really bad. This is going to come out like it's really out of touch with reality. But I mean, I don't, I don't put, put, I mean, my gosh, he just gave an answer. I mean, Minka Fitzpatrick said they need to play faster. I mean, in practice, you could criticize that too. I honestly feel like if we're talking about practice, like that's what my whole thing was on Wednesday. Like we're talking about practice. They need to go out and play better. But so I want to ask about Chase Claypool a little bit. Like, is he always, cause I didn't follow him in college and you, you probably did. And you knew him back from your Canuck days and stuff like that. But is he always been kind of, I, I'm trying to emotional. I think that's a good word to put it. Is, is he always been a little emotional? I, I, I don't think I'd say emotional, uh, but you got to keep in mind, he was one of the greatest athletes, like in our area for football. If you look at this highlight tape, it, you might not find someone more dominant. Uh, in a league, uh, just considering uh, playing in the Pacific Northwest in Canada, not the best talent that he's going to be going up against. And he absolutely dominated the league. So he knew he was good. And like, that's kind of a like one of those kind of mindsets that uh, you'd want from a receiver anyway, kind of that diva ish. Like, I know I'm great kind of mindset. It, once guys get away from that, and I know it'll sound weird. They tend to not be as good receivers. Like you don't, like you do have to love yourself. Like <laughs> some of the best receivers, obviously in the game, like, We've seen Antonio Brown. Yeah, I don't know if anyone loves themselves more than him. But uh, just to be, like, great at the game, you, you have to kind of have that me-first mindset as a receiver. Uh, as wrong as that sounds. I, and I, I think Chase definitely does have some of that in him. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't say he was an emotional player. Uh, but, uh, like, he, he definitely is someone that uh, needs the ball and, and, like, needs to kind of be the guy to really be great, I'd say. Yeah, I, that's a good way to put it. I'm, emotional might not have been the right word, but he definitely is someone you could see him. He gets into some scuffles after the play. 
You can see if things aren't going his way. He's it's a typical wide receiver uh, mentality, but you know, let's stick with the wide receivers here. You wrote an article for the website. I believe it was Wednesday about Deontay Johnson being a bright spot for this offense. Couldn't agree more. Couldn't agree more (laughs) with you. And in the way things are trending right now, going into next season, who would be the wide receiver one barring them making a, you know, having a really great draft pick come in or they make a trade. Let's just assume that the wide receiver core is pretty much status quo with those two being the, the front runners. Who is the wide receiver one? Is it DJ or is it chase? Oh, I, I, I say if Ben Roethlisberger is your quarterback, it's Deontay Johnson, but the, that's what it really comes down to as weird as it's going to say whoever the quarterback is, like if, if the guy has a great deep arm, I could totally see it being chased. Like Claypool's been open a number of times over his first two seasons deep down the field. And he's just been missed. Like Ben, either not throwing the ball to him, uh, under throwing him, like in that Bengals game, uh, like that one, if Ben threw it like and led chase and like actually put in his eyesight, that's probably a touchdown early on in that game. Uh, and so that's uh, picked down on the five yard line. I it's, it's just really tough. Uh, considering who the is going to end up being the, the pivot in the middle there. We don't know who that guy's going to be. So until we know that, it's going to be hard to pinpoint number one. But Deontay Johnson's clearly trending in that direction, while Chase has kind of had a, a bumpy season. But it really wouldn't surprise me if Claypool could become that guy. But I guess if I had to put a bet on it right now, Deontay Johnson's development is just further along. I think those two... You know, you talk about why some of these wide receivers that have stuck around for just their rookie contracts and then left. Like James Washington is heading down that path. And I just think about, okay, you have Deontay Johnson. He's he's so he's so good in his own way. People won't want to compare him to Antonio Brown. You can't. It's a different beast. I mean, Deontay Johnson is a route runner. So is Antonio Brown. I think Deontay Johnson's way better in the open field with the ball in his hand than Antonio Brown ever was. Uh, Deontay Johnson doesn't have the hands of Antonio Brown. And I just went and compared him when I said, you can't, but still, I think that with those two, you could add just like one or two more pieces and boy, wouldn't that be a great wide receiver quarter? Like those two would be the foundational pieces that I could see the Steelers saying, we're going to keep you all around because we want you there. You, you agree with that? Or do you think this is still maybe like a Deontay Johnson's going to play one more year and he's out of here? Oh, hey, there's been a lot of turnover, obviously, uh, of, of us watching this team for the last couple of years, of course, let alone long term. The last few years, there's a new guy uh, leaving every single offseason, it feels like. But uh, with these two, I feel like you'd want some continuity, especially as you move on to another quarterback, uh, whoever that may be when it when it comes down to draft someone or sign someone. So you'd like that familiarity in uh, the receiver position. Uh, Deontay Johnson's obviously he's like a quiet guy. He's not someone that uh, has gotten in trouble at all. He's been like a good player and like a good person too. So there's no reason why uh, you couldn't get away with extending him. So I I think he could totally be a guy that's around. Uh, I I think for Chase, he's just got to kind of grow up a little bit. But I I, I think he could totally be that, as you said, foundational piece. Both of those guys that you try to add to rather than try to find guys to replace them. So I I could totally see them be uh, the number one and two for years to come here. Uh, It'll be interesting to see uh, the Steelers to see if they could uh, change their philosophies a little bit when it comes to paying the receivers. Okay. Last question before we get to our NFL game picks, I kind of went off on the first segment of this podcast and talked about how I'm sick and tired of fans wanting to put every single ounce of blame after a loss on the coaching staff. And I said (laughs) that it's not, they are not immune to blame. They deserve some blame. 
for instance, I said that on Sunday, they looked like the Steelers looked unprepared, outmatched, outmanned, whatever you want to say. And a lot of that goes on the coaches. But my goodness, you just finished up your first season as a coach. After yeah. that season as a coach, when you look at the blame game, and we all hate to play the blame game because we're not in the meetings, we're not at practice, but we are doing the best we can to kind of piece things together. Well, where do you sit, if you were to put a percentage on it, of, okay, big loss, 41 to 10, they lose, Steelers look like garbage. What's the percentage of blame you put on the coaches, and what is the blame you put on the players? Uh, in that game specifically, uh, it's tough because it, the players, they folded their tent, and like they gave up early on in that game. So in that sense, I would say I would put more blame on the players because they simply couldn't battle back. Uh, the, the coaches are, they motivate you to a degree, but I'd say most of your motivation comes off, uh, guys you respect in the locker room, being the guys that are vocal and standing up in front of the group and getting guys riled up. So I would say from that perspective, it's totally, uh, on the players, um, especially in games where you get blown out. And really when you look across this, this defensive front, uh, right now with the injuries they have having Derek Tusco on the field and taco Charlton. And you name it, at corner, uh, there's a list of guys that probably shouldn't be on the field. And then with all the injuries at the D-tackle, it's hard to like expect these guys to make any stops because they're, they're guys that should legitimately be free agents or the bottom of your practice squad. But the Steelers' boat that they're in right now, these guys are stuck playing because there's been so many injuries. So it's, it's almost impossible to blame the coaching staff because the hand they've been dealt – they just don't have a good roster right now. Uh, offense, defense, and to a degree, special teams, they've gotten beat up by the injury bug all year long. Uh, and they they came into this year without much depth at all because of the dropping salary cap. I really don't want to point the finger at Mike Tomlin uh, very hard this year. Uh, I know a lot of fans will, and heck, anytime we're doing our live shows on YouTube or Facebook, you'll see at least probably 10 uh, Fire Tomlin uh comments uh, per show even if you're not talking about Mike Tomlin so <laughs> you can definitely tell there's fans that are very <laughs> against it but uh yeah right now I am definitely pointing my fingers at the players more so than the coaches so maybe that's personnel but uh, players over coaches okay I agree with you I said the same thing so let's do some game picks you ready let's do it all right Sunday at one o'clock Tampa Bay we just found out that Antonio Brown is suspended for three games for his uh, fake vaccination card or something like that. I don't know. Anyways, Tampa Bay Buccaneers are giving 10 and a half points to the Atlanta Falcons and NFC South matchup. Uh, we think Tampa Bay is going to win, but do they cover that 10 and a half? I have a feeling that Atlanta keeps this one somewhat close. And by somewhat, I mean, probably like exactly 10 points. So uh, give me Atlanta plus 10 and a half. Just, it, it just seems a little rich for my blood. But uh, Tampa's clearly winning this game. I think Tampa's due for a blowout game. Like the game they just dominate, I think this is it. Uh, Atlanta's still kind of lingering. Tampa's divisional game, they probably wanted to put them out. I'm going to take Tampa Bay giving 10.5. Arizona Cardinals, 9-2, and two, giving 7.5 points to the Chicago Bears on the road. They're assuming Kyler Murray's going to be back. Nonetheless, who do you like in this game? Oh, man, this is a tough one considering who's actually going to be playing. Um, so if, if Murray's in, like, obviously you'd expect the, the Cardinals to probably cover that. Uh, but I like Chicago in this one. Uh, give me the Bears with the extra points. I'm going to take Arizona giving seven and a half. I think Murray's back. I think they win. Let's go to the game that a lot of Steeler fans are going to be curious about. The L.A. Chargers are getting three and a half points on the road against the Cincinnati Bengals at Paul Brown Stadium 
see Steelers just played these two teams in, in consecutive weeks. What do you think about this game? Um, this one is interesting. I um, think the, the Bengals actually win this game, but I think the Chargers are going to cover the spread. Um, I, I think this is going to be a close game because Cincinnati's played a, a few blowouts in a row here. So I think uh, I'm thinking the Chargers keep it close, but the Bengals unfortunately win. I think the Chargers are going to win this game. I, the Bengals, they're a young team. The last time they had a big blowout win, they followed it up with two dud of duds. Just losses awful. I think they lost to the Jets, and I can't remember the other team. I think they lose this game, and L.A. is a good football team. They're coming off of a tough loss uh, to Denver, but still, I'll take the Chargers getting points on the road. The Minnesota Vikings, the team the Steelers will play next week on Thursday Night Football, they are going to the Detroit Lions, and they are giving six and a half points on the road. What do you think here, Michael? Uh, I, I don't think this spread's big enough. I, I think Minnesota, uh, especially in a divisional game, I think they take care of business. I know they've played some sloppy football, but I like the Vikings minus six and a half. I, I think they get this no problem. I agree. I'll take the Vikings giving six and a half. The Indianapolis Colts to the Houston Texans, AFC South matchup. Indy's giving nine and a half. Thought it'd be double digits. It's not. What do you think? Oh, this one, this one's interesting. Um, I like, I don't like the Texans, I should say. But uh, Terod Taylor keeps them in games. But I got a feeling Carson Wentz and company, and uh, maybe this is another big game for uh, Taylor. I think the Colts cover the spread. The Colts are the team that people don't want to play right now. They're hot. They're red hot. I'm going to take the Colts, and I'm going to ride that momentum, giving nine and a half. Doesn't matter. The New York Giants and the Miami Dolphins down in South Beach. The Giants will not have Daniel Jones, I don't believe, a quarterback, and Miami's red hot too. Miami's giving three and a half. What do you think about this game? Ah, the Giants, I feel bad for picking against the Giants every week because they have covered the spread a couple times, but I just can't believe in them. I I cannot get behind this group. I like the Dolphins uh, with the extra points, uh, but uh, I I just think uh, Miami takes care of business by more than three and a half. I agree. Take Miami given three and a half Philadelphia Eagles. Not sure if they'll have Jalen Hurts this week as of this being recorded. Uh, The Philadelphia Eagles going to the New York Jets. Philly's giving six and a half. Philly's coming off of that loss to the Giants. What do you think, Michael? I still like Philly. Um, obviously, not having Jalen Hurts would hurt them a lot. Uh, pun was not intended. But uh, I, <laughs> I think I think the Eagles do uh, pick up the W. I agree. I'll take the Eagles giving six and a half. New York sucks. All right, let's go to Washington football team going out to Las Vegas to play the Raiders. The Raiders are reeling. Uh, we all kind of expected that the Raiders are giving two and a half at home. What do you think about this one? Is Washington stand a chance or coming off that Monday night win against Seattle? Oh, this is, this is an interesting game for me because just, just really the Raiders are such a goofy team. Um, I still think Washington continues to win these games. So give me the football team uh, with the extra points. Give me the Raiders giving two nav at home. I think they're due for a game. I think Washington on a short week having to go across the country. I'll take the Raiders giving two and a half. Uh, Four oh five. This is a what a game this is. Jacksonville going to the L.A. Rams. Everyone wants to watch this one. L.A. is giving twelve and a half. Do they cover? I think so. Um, I just don't like the other team here. Uh, Jacksonville is <laughs> just brutal. They're not. They're they're not those guys. So uh, give me uh, give me the Rams and all the extra points. 
I agree. Take the Rams, even though it's 12 and a half. Uh, let's take it 425. We'll talk about the Steelers in a second. The San Francisco 49ers are giving three and a half on the road against Seattle. Again, Seattle's coming off the Monday night loss to Washington. San Francisco seems to be playing better football. Jimmy G's playing better, and that's how a lot of people are keeping their eye on that situation because he'll probably be on the move after this season. I know Steeler fans are interested or at least thinking about it. San Francisco or Seattle? What do you think, Michael? Uh, I don't like the Seahawks at all. Uh, in the Pacific Northwest, they get talked about a lot. So I pick against them a lot. Uh, give me the 49ers. I think they take care of business. Uh, Jimmy G, Trey Lance don't matter. I, I like their quarterback situations. Give me the Niners. I agree. Take the 49ers giving three and a half. An interesting game, AFC West matchup. This is a Sunday night game, Denver at Kansas City. Denver's coming off that win over the Chargers. They're getting nine and a half points on the road here. That seems like a lot. What do you think? It is a lot of points. Um, that's why I am picking the Broncos. Uh, Kansas City just hasn't been able to uh, put up uh, points like they have in years past. So I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with the uh, the Broncos in this one. I am too. I'm actually I don't think they're gonna win the game, but I think they're gonna cover. They're gonna stay keep it close. I, I have Denver take getting nine and a half. Here's an interesting game on Monday Night Football: the New England Patriots, who are red hot. They're going against the Buffalo Bills. New England is getting two and a half points here on the road in this AFC East grudge match. This is a tough pick, Mike. Uh, yes, it is a tough pick. Um, I think I like the Bills in this one. Uh, New England's red hot, though, so that makes me a little bit scared. I Like I've been saying, this, this is the Bills year again to kind of take over this division. They haven't been able to do it. I feel like they win this game because it's at home and they win by more than a field goal. I am going to take the Patriots getting points on the road here. They're, New England is is playing really good football. They're playing good defense. Buffalo is not impressing me at all. Uh, they, I know they won on Thanksgiving, but that was not a good game. That They did not play well if you watch that game. So I'm going to take the New England Patriots. Let's go to the game everyone cares about. 425 kickoff at Heinz Field. The Pittsburgh Steelers are I'm sorry, they're getting four and a half points. They're not going to be favored for the rest of the season. Four and a <laughs> half points. At home against the Baltimore Ravens. You have said it before that the Baltimore Ravens are the luckiest team in the NFL. Does their luck run out on Sunday? Uh, no, I feel like their luck continues because they're playing the Pittsburgh Steelers as they're trending towards their worst in a, a, a very long time. This is what? Since probably 2003, uh, the last time they had a losing season. So the Ravens' damn luck continues. And until the Steelers' defense can prove that they're not going to put or let the opponent put 40 points up on the board. I'm going to have a hard time picking the Steelers to at least cover the spread. So unfortunately I'm taking the Ravens with the extra four and a half points. It makes me sick to my stomach, but this defense can't stop anybody. How can I go, go against them? What is your score prediction? Oh, I, I said it on uh, on know your enemy. Uh, people weren't, weren't too happy with me, but I think this is another wide margin. I'm going the Baltimore Ravens 34 Pittsburgh Steelers 17. Yikes. I'll tell yeah. you what, the the games that have been blowouts in this grudge match since Ben Roethlisberger has been the quarterback, you can count on one hand. And I don't think it's going to be any different this Sunday. The Steelers, they might not have the, the talent and depth that we would like, but they also do have a whole lot of pride. And I do think that matters. And they're at home, and I think that matters too. And so I think the Steelers, you know, a lot of people are thinking that this is the week that Jeff picks against the Steelers. Get the hell out of here. I'm not picking against the Steelers. <laughs> I have the Steelers take them on the money line, getting points. Doesn't matter. Steelers 26, Baltimore 24. They win. They keep, they just keep us hanging on 
for another week. It would be such a Steelers thing to do for them to win this game and everyone's filled with hope. And then they go to on Thursday night and probably lose to Minnesota. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we'll see how it goes down. But Mike, any final thoughts before I let you go? Oh, this, this is the big one. The Steelers lose this game and you can, you can almost 100% write their playoff hopes out. Uh, like it just won't happen. They, they have to win this game and they have to win a whole heck of a lot of other games after this. So this is a big one. Uh, really, uh, we've been saying this for a couple weeks in a row now, but this is where the season could really go off the rails. The Steelers are desperate for a win. Hopefully they can get it and keep their season alive. I agree. I agree. Well, Michael, thank you for your time as always. Have a good weekend and I will we'll talk to you next week. My pleasure. Uh, thanks for having me on, Jeff. No problem. All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, big thanks to Michael Beck as always. He spends time with us every Friday. I truly love that segment. I hope you enjoy it too. My heart-to-heart this week to finish up the week in this podcast is simple. Spare me the speech, guys and gals. Spare me the speech. You know, I'll might, sometimes I'll tweet something about the Steelers, and you know they've lost the games in a row, and they tied the Detroit Lions, all that stuff. We know this. And they say, oh, the season's over. Who cares? You know what? Spare me the speech. Spare me the tweets, spare me the comments, all that stuff. I'm never going to quit on the Steelers, not just because it's my job. Like, for instance, if, if I was not writing for BehindTheSteelCurtain.com and I was not podcasting for the website, I would still watch every single game, all of it. I would have sat through that game last week. I say I wouldn't, but I would have because I'm never going to quit on this team. I'm never going to quit on, my, on this team. And I honestly do feel like my ride or die crew, the people that always listen to my shows no matter what, they're just like me. They are just like me. They're never going to quit this team. You might be upset. You might not be happy with them, but you're never going to quit this team. Come on now. So for me, spare me the speech. Save yourself the oxygen. Save yourself the little thumb taps on your phone. Save it. I'm not quitting this team. I'm going to continue to tweet about them. I'm going to continue to talk about them because Why? Well, we're all addicted. I said that on the Wednesday show, but also I love this team. I love this team. Absolutely love them. And so I'm not going to quit them. So save yourself the time and maybe the heartache. We'll put it that way. All right, folks, that does it for me. Thanks for sticking with me through this podcast. It was a little bit of a mood. Hope you appreciate that in a way. Um, I will be back on Sunday to do the post-game show, so make sure you check me out there. And also on Monday at 9 a.m. Eastern is when my winners and losers will be taking place, and I'll outline all the stuff next week because after this week is when the Steelers play on Thursday Night Football against the Minnesota Vikings on the road. That's going to change a lot of things. We'll talk about all that. So make sure you stay tuned to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Wherever you get your podcast, search Steelers or Behind the Steel Curtain. Subscribe, follow, so that you don't miss a thing. All right, folks, have a great weekend. Have a great weekend. As we always finish it out, be safe, be kind, and God bless. Go Steelers. We'll see you on Monday.